We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show for Week 8. I am back from Disneyland, Disney World. I don't even know. Whatever's in Florida. It was a good time. But I miss talking to my boys over at Pro Football Focus. Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker. Scott, uh, I saw Sammy did a pretty good job filling in for me last week. Uh, did you guys miss me at all? Oh, of course, Brett. You know, you're, you're irreplaceable. You know, you know, like, more replacement value... It's just you can't calculate a number for fantasy, your loss. Op, you know, actual opportunity. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe I'm slightly above actual opportunity. Uh, Tybo, Tyler Beaker, what's up, my man? How are things going? I want to say uh, thanks to Sammy for filling in, he did a great job, but uh, we're happy to see you back. Yeah, I, I spent all my money on uh, food at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. $5 for literally a bite of mac and cheese. And you do that all day long. It was like $200 on food, uh, on samples out there. So I got to make some of this money back, guys. I'm basically broke. Isn't that the whole thing? You go to Disney and then you have no money for the rest of your life. I'm pretty sure that's how it's supposed to work at Disney, right, Tyler? Yeah, that's what you got GPPs for in week eight. Yeah, I got to get into it. So uh, we started a little bit late. Uh, we're still going to do the full show, though, guys. So uh, let's talk. Uh, Scott, I want to start with you on Thursday because uh, Baltimore and Miami are playing tonight and all the inactives came out. Uh, so it's like eight different players are in or out for Baltimore. So let's break this down for guys and tell me some of the fantasy impact on these inactives. Right. So um, you're not going to play Joe Flacco. He ranks last among all starting quarterbacks in yards per pass attempt, passer rating and PFF grade. Um, Javorius Allen is actually very gross, but intriguing. He is averaging 14.9 expected fantasy points per game. That ranks 10th best at the position. Mm -hmm. uh, the matchup's not great, and Alex Collins has been seeing a larger workload in recent weeks, though Terrence West is still out. Allen saw 11 targets last week. Collins saw none. Uh, Miami is giving up more uh, fantasy points to running backs through the air than on the ground. He's the 25th highest price running back on DraftKings. Definitely 
not a fun play, but uh, he probably is actually a value. And despite this being a primetime game, I doubt ownership will be high. Uh, the Ravens are without tight end Max Williams, uh, wide receivers Mike Wallace, Michael Campanaro, um, Jeremy Macklin, Brashad Perriman, and Ben Watson are all coming into the week questionable. Um, Chris Moore is minimum priced. He has 15 targets the last two weeks. Uh, it really sucks that these wide receivers are so bad just because Miami's cornerbacks are about equally as bad. Um, they're also not great against tight ends. They rank sixth worst against expectation. Ben Watson has 23 targets in his last four weeks. Uh, all that being said, I'm not really on any of these guys. Uh, the highest owned play from Baltimore's side will likely be their defense against a backup quarterback. Uh, but I, I, I legitimately think Moore is a better quarterback than Jay Cutler. Yeah, what the were very, they doing spending all this money on Cutler? Bringing them? They should just let, they should just ran the season out with Moore, in my opinion. I, I, I agree. And uh, uh, at the very least, he is less mistake prone than Cutler. He has a career 27 to 15 touchdown and interception ratio with Miami. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what uh, Tyler has to say about Miami's side of the ball. And I want to see if he's as high on Kenny Stills as I am. Uh, real quick, Ben, with all the receivers out, Ben Watson, intriguing to you? Uh, yeah, like I said, Miami's defense isn't great against tight ends. Uh, they have uh, he's 23 targets the last four weeks, but uh, yeah, he's, he's banged up and probably low ceiling, not, not too on him. And this is, this is me. I need fantasy superstar advice, Scott, uh, in one of my season long leagues. I have Carlos Hyde and I have Javorius Allen. Who am I playing? Oh, definitely Hyde. I'll yeah, talk I, about him a little bit later. All right. I think I'm playing Hyde, but this is like, a, this was a question I had coming into the night. So uh, Tyler, uh, let's talk about Miami. You've got Matt Moore, probably not as bad as most people think he is for a backup quarterback, probably one of the better backups in the league. Uh, you've got some nice stats that you saw uh, on the twitter.com today about his connection with Jarvis Landry. So tell me what's going to happen for the Dolphins. I hope you have your popcorn ready because it's going to be a show with Matt Moore at the helm. Um, <laughs> honestly, no, you really don't need to play Matt Moore on his own. The, it's a pretty easy fade despite him being like minimum priced. The slate is just full of terrific quarterbacks and great matchups. I'm not really going to bother trying to play him or force him in any rosters. Jay Jai, though, I think he's in a pretty good spot here. The Ravens are kind of a mini reverse funnel defense. They rank fourth in pass DVOA and 19th in run DVOA. They've allowed a rushing touchdown in four of their last five games, and the one game where they didn't allow a score, that was against the Bears, where Jordan Howard ran 36 times for 167 yards. So they've allowed some pretty decent fantasy outings lately. Ajayi is no stranger to those type of heavy volume games like Howard saw. He's averaging 26.3 touches over his last three games. He's priced at just 5,900 on DK. That's the RB12 and a nice 6,900 on FanDuel. That's <laughs> RB9. The one thing that I'm a little concerned about is that Baltimore has a healthy Brandon, well Brandon Williams coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, it was his uh, initial return. But this week, he hasn't been on the injury report at all. He's been practicing in full. And he was our 16th best graded run stopper last year among all interior defenders. I'm really looking forward to like an X's and O's kind of matchup between him and Mike Pouncey, who's a far better pass blocker than he is in uh, run. Um, as far as wide receivers, uh, the thing you just alluded to, uh, I found from ESPN's Field Yates, he noted that Jarvis Landry and Matt Moore had a great connection in 2016, 75% catch rate for 11.9 yards per reception. Comparing that to Landry and Cutler this year, it's down to 70.2 
percent completion rate and 7.1 yards per reception. Um, basically, what I'm learning from this is that he's targeting Landry a lot more downfield, which is really great for a person like Landry who catches up a ton of underneath passes. Um, we could see those underneath passes being extended a little further uh, as he gets more and more targets. That adds up. Um, he's, Landry saw eight targets when more came in last week in relief for Cutler. I think 12 plus targets is very doable for Landry this week. And he's in a great matchup in the slot against Ladarius Webb, who is one of just four cornerbacks to allow more than two yards per out covered. It's not good. He's allowed the third most yards out of the slot among all slot cornerbacks. And Landry, Landry ranks top 10 among all wide receivers in yards after catch. I really like him here. Uh, Kenny Stills, um, I don't really want to go chase that upside. He crushed it last week. He went six catches, 85 yards, two scores. I'm just not super into that outside of some Monday through Thursday slate games where you are you have some lineups that are left for dead and need that Hail Mary. Uh, I'm just not super into it. Uh, I got a couple of questions. So Ajay or Elvin Kamara? Same price on DraftKings. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'd rather play Kamara because I Ajay think... Ajay for me. I think with, with Ajay, you would need a touchdown for him to try to match that. Kamara can bail you out with receptions. Uh, two questions for you, Scott. One, are those scheduled tweets? Or are you live tweeting during the show? And then two, uh, see some stuff on Twitter uh, about more uh, wide receiver for Baltimore. You got any takes on him as a cheap play tonight? Uh, oh, also, I lied. I didn't realize you're, you guys were talking about DraftKings. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather play Kamara on DraftKings. Sorry. Um, I am live tweeting. Busted. Work, work never ends for Scott. He's working while also working. And then uh, Chris Moore, yeah, like I said, he is minimum priced. He has 15 targets the last two week, two weeks. Mike Wallace is out. Campanaro's out. So he is going to be uh, starting outside uh, at least in three wide sets. Maybe Perriman bumps him out in two wide, uh, though the Ravens go three wide fairly often. Uh, it's not a great matchup, but, you know, he, he could return value. He's probably not more than – uh, five to seven percent guy for me, but uh, uh, my actual opportunity article that we'll talk about a little bit later uh, highlighted him as the top expected fantasy points per DraftKings dollar value on the slate. Oh, wow, very interesting. We'll talk about that when we do the screen sharing a little bit. Uh, so that's Thursday out of the way. Me personally, I loaded up on some of the Thursday contests. Uh, I think you guys, maybe guys like Ajaye, Jarvis Landry, Ben Watson, Amore. Maybe these guys aren't as horrible of plays as I thought uh, pre-show, uh, but I'm fading it for the most part. Uh, I'll switch these lineups around. There's so much weather news on Sunday. I want to be able to take advantage of that with good plays or not good plays. Uh, so I'm basically fading uh, the slate. That's how I, I want to approach on Thursday. So uh, Thursday's out of the way, Tyler. Uh, let's get to some of the good stuff that applies to Sunday. We're going to go uh, studs, value and then a dud at each position. And uh, you've got your stud. He's in one of these weather games, so I want to pay attention to this uh, Sunday morning, what it's doing. Uh, but Carson Wentz, if you got the money, I absolutely agree. Uh, San Francisco has no shot of stopping him. Oh, yeah. I think he's in a great blow-up spot here again. Uh, Wentz has just been crushing it this week. or I'm sorry, this season. He's thrown for 11 passing touchdowns over his last three outings. And he's got a juicy matchup here against San Francisco, who's got a terrible trio of cornerbacks. Richard Robinson, Dante Johnson, Quan Williams. They all rank among our bottom 25 cornerbacks. The last three quarterbacks that faced them, Dak Prescott went off for 30 DraftKings points. Kirk Cousins, 31.8. Jacoby Brissett, 22. Uh, there's just a huge ceiling to chase here. And I think it's really 
it's worth paying up for Wentz this week. They're massive 13 point home favorites. The only real worry is if the team opts to run the ball more, but their pass defense, the, the 49ers is 29th in DVOA, which is only slightly worse than the run defense 25th. So I think either way they attack, they're going to pick up yards and chunks. Losing left tackle Jason Peters is huge, but the 49ers defense is so banged up. I think it'll likely mitigate the loss and not really show up that drastically on the scoreboard. He's an easy lock and load for me in GPPs. Yeah, just a smidge on FanDuel. You can fit him in in cash pretty easily. Uh, DraftKings is a little bit tougher. Again, this game could have really high wins, so you're going to want to pay attention later in the week on it. Uh, if the wins die down, I think Wentz, uh, absolutely great play. Uh, Scott, uh, neither one of you mentioned Kirk Cousins, so I like Kirk Cousins. He's kind of on this in-between. Mm-hmm. I think he's in a really good spot. You're Scott uh, maybe a little bit of a hot take this week. Uh, Cam Newton. I like to call him Scam Newton because I don't really think he's really good. I don't know if his shoulder's healthy, uh, but the defense he's going up against uh, easily taken advantage of through the air. Uh, right. Um, so I, I like the call on, on Kirk Cousins. He had 364 and 449 yards. That's it? Two games against Dallas. Yeah, one of them <laughs> three touchdowns. Um, yeah, this just goes right to match up for me. Uh, definitely kind of concerned with you in terms of Newton's recent struggles. His last two games were poor. Again, maybe that's the shoulder. Two games prior to that, he did hit 300 yards and at least three touchdowns. Um, plus, we see, like, even if he is terrible and has, like, a multi-turnover uh, game, uh, he has that high floor as a runner totaling 35 mm-hmm. carries 165 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns over his last four games but really this all comes down to the matchup for me uh and that's because uh tampa bay ranks last in the league in terms of fantasy points allowed against expectation so just you know, schedule adjusting or adjusting for the competition that Tampa Bay has faced. They are easily the worst defense in the league or the best defense in the league to target with quarterbacks and wide receivers. Case Keenum, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Tyrod Taylor averaged 24.3 fantasy points per game against them, but only 13.0 in all other games. Mike Lennon and Tom Brady had less impressive games, but each still threw for at least 300 yards and a touchdown. Wait, wait, Mike, Mike Glennon threw for 300 yards or a touchdown. I don't believe this for one second. And a touchdown, yes. yes <laughs> I don't sir. believe this. Right, right? So dream matchup here. Uh, they also just lost Noah Spence, who ranked third on the team in pressures for the year. He's only the eighth highest priced quarterback on FanDuel. Easy stacking options with either wide receivers. Look at the chart uh, I posted earlier in the week. Uh, called it a dank chart. <laughs> I got that published in the Washington Post. Uh, it just looks at uh, fantasy points allowed over expectation. And uh, Tampa Bay is by far the worst to opposing wide receivers. Uh, so really, either Funchess or Calvin Benjamin are in smash spots. Uh, there's definitely some risk here, but uh, he's probably my top tournament play of the week, uh, factoring in ownership. Yes, another one of those weather games, too. So it could be some really high winds, possibly rain in it. So, again, uh, don't set your lineups now. If there's 20-mile-per-hour winds in these Ooh, games, okay. it gets a, gets a little sketchy sometimes. Uh, but just uh, just keep that in mind as you're making your lineups throughout the weekend. Uh, let's go, Tyler, back to value. Um, I don't know. Here's where I'm torn is you got Phillip Rivers. And I know New England was really bad to start the season. 
but they've kind of turned it around a little bit. Uh, I tried to watch some film of this fourth quarter in Atlanta. I'm not sure if this game actually played a fourth quarter because it was all foggy. Um, but the New England defense, uh, at least on the stat sheets, seems to have gotten a little bit better. Uh, what's your take on Phillip Rivers? Yeah, they've allowed fewer scores, but the yardage is still there to be had. And that's why I really like Phillip Rivers, price at 6300 I think it's a fantasy layup this week against one of the most fantasy-friendly defenses for four quarterbacks. Six of seven quarterbacks they face have scored at least 20 DraftKings points, with all of them hitting the 300-yard mark, except for Matt Ryan. Um, Alex Smith and Cam Newton both showed massive ceilings against this team, scoring 30-plus points. Patriots are allowing the most passing yards, passing touchdowns, and most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. There's not much more here to say. I think Rivers is a great spot, priced way too low. And he's a strong cash game play and a strong tor- uh, tournament play as well. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Lord Eldrick Robinson might be in play. Marquise Goodwin just dug out. Did not practice today. Actually ruled out. So uh, it looks like some value is opening up for DFS slate this week. Uh, so, guys, uh, pay attention to that. Uh, your value quarterback, I think, Andy Dalton. Uh, Tyler probably should have talked about him. But uh, we're going to we're gonna have Scott talk about Andy Dalton. I think he's going to be one of the chalkier quarterbacks. If people just need a couple extra dollars, they're going to go from Cousins to Dalton on DraftKings this week. And basically anyone who plays Indianapolis has a huge game here. I like to call this. Yeah. The only quarterbacks who failed to throw for at least 300 yards against the Colts were Russell Wilson and Deshaun Kaiser, both of whom scored at least 25 fantasy points against them. Uh, They ranked fourth worst in fantasy points per game against expectation versus opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Dalton's averaged 19.1 fantasy points per game since Bill Lazor has taken over as the team's offensive play caller. It's going to be uh, super highly owned in tournaments, fairly chalky in cash, but it's a solid play. How many Bengals? Dalton, Mixon, AJ Green. Uh, you can look at Croft too. Are all these all these guys are in play? Bengals defense. How many is too many, Scott? Um, <laughs> I don't know. In in tournaments, I probably don't want more than two. Yeah, you won't, you won't be the only person I'm just trying to get at. If you're stacking up the Bengals, uh, lots of people are going to be doing it this week. Uh, your duds, I thought your dud uh, is a pretty good value play this week, Tyler. So maybe we're going to talk about it because his past game script basically looks like he's going to be throwing every play from the second quarter on, and that's C.J. Beathard. Uh, why the hate? Honestly, it's hard to pick a dud this week, but what I'm really afraid of is this Eagles front seven. Only the Cowboys have a higher pressure rate than what the Eagles have put up. However, they're just ninth in sacks. I think this is the week here where they capitalize. Bethard is really struggling under pressure. He's only played two games so far, but he's allowed seven sacks on 30 pressured dropbacks. He's completed just nine of 23 under this situation for 68 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. But the fact that he's surrounding so many sacks is what I want to capitalize on here. Um, The Eagles have also allowed multiple touchdowns in only three of their seven games. And they've held Kirk Cousins, Carson Palmer, and Alex Smith to 16 points or less. Mathar just seems like a, I don't know, a floor player here. I don't really think he has much of a ceiling to present. Listen, all, all those uh, pressures, that means he's going to run. He's got Eldrick Robinson now to catch all these touchdowns. It's looking up for him. In my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's tough to pick a dud. Uh, he's one that I, I'm not going to roster at all this week. Uh, you got Matthew Stafford, Scott. You don't like him against this Pittsburgh defense. Why not? Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a cop out cause I don't know too many people who are on him, but, uh, yeah, the Steelers are allowing the second fewest fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, they rank fourth best in opposing passer rating third worst in yards per carry 
loud. So I expect them to run more than pass, especially with Golden Tate out likely and potentially also Kenny Galladay. I do like Marvin Jones a lot though this week. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about him. He's, I think he was in your adjusted fantasy points, uh, your article as well here that we'll get to in a little bit here. So uh, quarterbacks, by the way, who really cares about quarterbacks? They're not really going to win you a tournament unless it's 400 yards or four touchdowns or something like that. So let's get to some skill position players uh, starting at running back. There are some really good plays this week. Uh, the studs, I think you really can't go wrong with Zeke McCoy, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram. Uh, who's the other one? Um I don't know. There's like three or four really good plays at the top here. But Tyler, you want to talk about LaShawn McCoy. I like it. They came out of the bye last week. Hey, we want to give LaShawn McCoy more touches. What does he get? 30 opportunities. That's uh, carries plus targets. And uh, the matchup looks pretty good here for him uh, at home against Oakland. Yeah, he crushed it last week. Scored two touchdowns, 28.2 DraftKings points. But he saw a huge $1,300 price price hike on DraftKings. It's going to be a lot more tough to uh, find ways to fit McCoy into lineups this week. However, I think he'll still find a way to pay off value. He's in a great spot here, once again, against Oakland. He's currently seeing a 23.1% of the team's targets. He's caught at least five passes in every game so far. Um, Oakland has allowed Chris Thompson to go off for six catches, 150 yards and a touchdown. They also allowed Melvin Gordon to pick up nine catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Both these guys eclipse a 30 point mark. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Shady were to do the same. McCoy's rushing volume, he's averaging 18.3 attempts per game, and he's on the third heaviest running team where the Bills run 50.4% of the time. Make him a great play for me, where I think he's going to see a ton of volume, both rushing and receiving. They're three point home favorites. Uh, the, he just checks all the boxes of what you're looking for when yeah. you're up for a cash game. Running. But I like, too, the Raiders' defense, they're bad at all angles. They're uh, 30, 20th in DVOA against the run, 25th against running backs, 31st against the pass. There's just anywhere you go, Tyrod Taylor, the Bills, I think they move the ball. I think McCoy gets in the touchdown once. Uh, it's always tough to call two touchdowns, uh, but I think it's going to line up. The whole second half of the season, they realize they should probably get their best player by far on their team. The ball the most. Uh, I have no problem with McCoy. Uh, I like Ingram. This is really tough for me. McCoy, Ingram's uh, significantly cheaper today on DraftKings. And when you're trying to squeeze every dollar for your cash teams, I think Ingram's going to be my guy just for a couple extra dollars. Uh, but Scott, you got Melvin Gordon. And I think a lot of this has to do uh, with his, ha- his pass catching uh, capabilities here against New England. Yeah. So, so if I knew he was 100% uh, healthy, um, I'd probably have 100%. How about 90% healthy? Yeah, I feel like I'd, I'd have 100% ownership to him if that were the case, but he's dealing with a foot injury after shoulder and knee injuries. Uh, Austin Eckler had 11 opportunities last week. That definitely is concerning. So there's some risk here, but uh, outside of Le'Veon Bell, I'm not sure anyone else has a better upside. Uh, the Patriots rank fourth worst in yards per carry allowed while also allowing the second most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. That's atrocious. And the latter statistic bodes especially well for Gordon who has seen 56.9% of his fantasy production come as a receiver. That's the highest rate for any running back with at least 50 carries. Uh, Gordon ranks sixth among running backs in fantasy points per game. Um, but is coming off of a brutal week where he scored just 5.4 fantasy points against a Denver Broncos defense that ranks best in fantasy points per game. He shut down Zeke and Shady this year. 
and referencing my expected fantasy points metric uh, over the past four weeks, he's averaging 23.1 expected fantasy points per game that ranks second most among all players behind only Le'Veon Bell. I think for the year he ranks third among all players, second among running backs and expected fantasy points per game. So he's seeing this immense volume. He's in this dream matchup. Wish I wish I knew he was healthy. I wish I knew Austin Eckler would take a, a backseat to him like he should. Uh, but really a lot to like in this matchup. Yeah, if people don't know Eckler, um, just uh, he had a really cool story basically out of nowhere. Uh, all these uh, scouts are just watching these nobodies at like horrible colleges do workouts. And he just comes out and post numbers you don't even really see at the combine. and got him onto the San Diego squad and he's looked pretty good when he gets touches. Uh, so uh, I think he's a possible significant threat to Melvin Gordon, Scott, like moving forward if Gordon doesn't improve at all. What was that? I'm sorry. You think Eckler is at all a threat to actually steal like close game opportunities from Melvin Gordon if Gordon's healthy? Um, I I don't know why some coaches do the things they do, but he he definitely shouldn't be. Um, let's get to uh, Tyler here on his value. We talked about him. Well, we mentioned his name, Elvin Kamara. Uh, Saints onslaught. Are you? Can you use both Ingram and Kamara, Tyler and? basically get all of the running backs touches. There's no John Kuhn. There's no Travaris cadet. These guys aren't coming through the door anymore. It's simply these two guys. Yeah. It's very consolidated. Their touches in the running backfield, but I know some people will be playing both of them. I won't be one of those people. Uh, I'll either play one or the other. I agree with you. I think Mark Ingram's a great play here. I also think Alvin Kamara priced a little lower is a great value play over the past three weeks. Kamara has seen 15, 13 and 14 touches. He's averaging 17.8 DraftKings points per game despite scoring just one touchdown over that span uh chicago has allowed jarek mckinnon six catches christian mccaffrey seven catches in two of their last three games so we're seeing a lot of running backs get open uh against this linebacking core they're facing a lot of injuries and i think it's a very big plus matchup for camara who can take advantage of that space against backup linebackers rich rebar had a great note in his worksheet this week alvin kamara has been targeted on 33 percent of his routes that's the highest rate for all running backs with at least 100 or more routes run on the season so I just really think Kamara's in a great spot here to pick up a ton of receiving work, and he's got a pretty significant upside in when it comes to GPPs. Yeah, and if too, if Thomas isn't 100%, maybe that's one extra pass that goes Kamara's way. That helps you out uh, as a receiving back uh, just a little bit. So just a, a little note I had on that one. Um, okay, Scott, uh, you've got this highlighted in pink here. Why is it Carlos Hyde over Buck Allen for me? In a game, I don't know, I just don't see San Francisco wanting to run the ball Anytime, uh, after, you know, basically after the second quarter starts. Yeah, so I, this is my value play, right? And in terms of opportunity uh, versus price, he clearly stands out. The matchup definitely looks tough on paper, and I agree that it is considering Philadelphia ranks second best in both yards per carry allowed and rushing fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. But Hyde has seen an immense workload. He ranks sixth best among running backs and expected fantasy points per game. And I think he should still be held afloat by a high receiving workload. The Eagles are allowing the seventh most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Hyde has seen 14 targets over the past two weeks. Also, if there's any chance San Francisco finds himself near the end zone, chances are the ball is going to hide. His 10 carries inside the five-yard line leads the league. And just as the 11th highest price running back on DraftKings versus the sixth 
best running back in terms of expected fantasy points. Just looks like a clear value to me, though. I will agree he is somewhat risky. Um, yeah, that's about it. Matt Breida experiment over, too. That's, <laughs> it seems to be done here. So, right. uh, Tyler, uh, let's close this out. Duds for a running backs. Uh, you've got no Oakland running backs. I kind I don't know. One of them might have a decent game, but they're going to split work. I don't know. I think they're probably going to have to be passing against Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to put up a bunch of points in Seattle. Seattle basically conceded last week. We just don't even want to run the ball. We're just going to let Russell Wilson take our team to the playoffs. So you're avoiding both teams here, Tyler. Yeah, I'm not really into either of these plays here. I feel like you're just throwing darts, trying to hope one hits. Um, Pat Thorman highlighted this game in his uh, snaps and pace article that we'll reference later. Raiders at Bills is one of the slower anticipated games. Um, honestly, it's just a ceiling kind of play where I'm trying to get big outings for my running backs. And I don't think I can get that with any of these players, Oakland or Seattle, considering how much they're going to be in a timeshare and the limited uh, red zone opportunities. I think either of them will have. Uh, Scott closures out. Uh, I think this guy's a little interesting this week, especially if the wind comes into factor in this game. Uh, you got Doug Martin as a dud, uh, mainly because Luke Keekley uh, looks like he's going to end up suiting up. Right. So th- that's a big difference maker for me. Uh, we talked about the splits last week uh, when I brought up Jordan Howard, though I was ultimately wrong there. Uh, but just looking at FanDuel, which is pretty much the only time you'd play a one-dimensional running back who doesn't catch passes, he's $400 more than Garrett Blunt, who's in a dream matchup against the San Francisco's 49ers defense that is allowing more fantasy points per game to opposing running back ones than Ezekiel Elliott has averaged over the past two seasons. Um, so I think regardless of whether or not Keekly plays, this is just a brutal matchup and I'd rather play someone like LeGarrette Blunt. All right. So that's going to wrap up running backs. This is the portion of the show. I like this because I get to show you guys a peek at some of the stuff behind the paywall over at pro football focus. Uh, you can get access to their stuff for 39 99 for the season. I uh, get access to the articles, the grades and all that. So Scott, I've got your article up an actual opportunity. Uh, so spend a minute. There are just a ton use. I don't even know how long this took you to write but it had to be a while because there's a lot of stuff on this page here. Explain to me and some of the people what this is, what goes into it, uh, and maybe one or two guys on this sheet that you think is pretty interesting. Right. So this is my baby. This is typically the one I spend the most time on. I think I cut this like a maybe 500 words short this week because I had to pick up an extra article this week. Um, but yeah, this is a stat uh, I came up with basically expected fantasy points based on a 10 season sample size of every carry at every line of scrimmage uh, and every down and distance. So like obviously uh, a carry from the one yard line is going to be worth a lot more fantasy points than one on the 50 yard line. And based on this 10 season sample size uh, of average what the average player will do we can come up with expected fantasy points Uh, and then for receivers i look at every single target by the depth of target aka air yards whatever you want to call it and the distance from the end zone so like an end zone target is worth obviously a lot more than a target from a, a player within his team zone 20 yard line or uh, deep targets are worth more than targets at the line of scrimmage, things like that. So basically, I just combine all of that using this 10-season sample size, look at this season, break it down on a week-by-week basis, look at it over the course of the full season, uh, and then you have Le'Veon Bell, 
clearly ahead of the pack in terms of expected fantasy points per game. No duh, the guy's seeing like 30 carries per game, seven targets per game. He's just losing his mind. Definitely uh, the top option in all of fantasy right now. Antonio Brown is second. Melvin Gordon, like we talked about, is third. LaShawn McCoy ranks 10th among all players in target market share. Like uh, you mentioned on Hyde. Hyde's the guy that stands out. It's got to be those touches inside the 10. That's what's really boosting it for him. That's huge for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's leading the league and, and carries inside the five-yard line. That's big for him. But also the receiving workload. Like you'll see, Leonard Fournette has – uh, is averaging 17.9 expected fantasy points per game. That's only one point higher than Christian McCaffrey, which shows you just how valuable, uh, more valuable targets are than carries outside of the red zone. So uh, that's a really nice article uh, to read through. He just goes through so many guys here. If you have the PFF stuff, I urge you to read this. This article, along with uh, the snaps and face from Pat Thorman, uh, Tybo, why don't you tell me a little bit about some of these things on here? This is one of, we talk about this every week, but this is an article I read and study just about every week. A couple games he has up and pace. The Eagles game, he's got uh, the Bucks game, uh, a couple games down and pace. The Saints, uh, possibly, hey, Mark Ingram, maybe that's uh, a little bit better for him. Then he's got the Bills game being down and pace. Explain what goes on here for the guys. Yeah, Pat basically takes an overlooking view of this entire week figure out how many plays are we like anticipating for each game and we're going to see like how many snaps per game as well uh how fast these teams go in between snaps and it really helps you figure out what kind of volume to expect from a dfs perspective one game that i'm super into this week is this carolina panthers at tampa bay buccaneers the panthers average the seventh most plays per game and we've seen that jump recently um as such I think Cam Newton is in a complete smash play here. Uh, it wouldn't really shock me at all to see the winning team from the Millie Maker have Cam Newton. I think he's in for a huge game here considering the Bucks are terrible on defense and there's just a lot of plays to be had. At some point, Carolina has to realize they can't run the ball. Christian McC- like McCaffrey is simply a receiving back. Just pass the ball every play, Carolina. Don't even try to run against him. Yeah, pass the ball or run with Cam. Just let him let him orchestrate this offense the way he knows how. Yeah, um, so, so alternatively, good. if we look at slow things, um, the the Falcons Jets at the bottom looks pretty interesting here. Uh, for a long time, I've been on the Jets defense here this week. They're priced twenty two hundred this week, which is basically free for defense. And on a week where we're trying to find value, I think it's one of those cheap plays where it could pay off. Uh, the Falcons have been puzzlingly ineffective this year, and uh, I wonder what offensive coordinator could be causing this. Is a weather, <laughs> this is a weather game too. If it gets like run very run heavy, you got to pay attention to that stuff later in the week. Yeah, weather's huge as well. Um, impar- it's, yeah, it's imperative. You have to pay attention to that. Um, so yeah, this is another one along with Scott's you read every week. Uh, Scott, real quick. Uh, I guess let's talk about one of your wide receivers on here too. So you got one uh, that shows up pretty good on the wide receiver cornerback chart this week. Who's that? I don't know. Pick one. What do you got? Um, for him? <laughs> well, here's, here's one who doesn't show up. Okay. Uh, as having a good cornerback matchup. And that's Marvin Jones. Uh, so there's, he, he does have a very tough matchup this week against the Steelers, as I outlined before. Um, but there, there's, there needs to be a careful balance between matchup and expected workload. And uh, so 
two weeks ago, they were on by last week. He saw 32.0 expected fantasy points. That was the fifth most by any player this season. 14 targets, two of which were inside the 10 yard line, three end zone targets, four deep targets, all of this being at or near career highs for Jones. Granted, it was a blowout where Matthew Stafford, Stafford attempted 52 attempts, but it's also partially due to Golden State, uh, Golden Tate playing on just 57% of the team's snaps. Uh, he had a tough matchup that week against Ken Crawley, Marshawn Lattimore, who we've talked about before. But I'm expecting another high workload week for him this week with Golden Tate out. And uh, I think he's pretty interesting and is cheap on both sides uh, as the 28th and 30th highest priced wide receivers on DraftKings and FanDuel. So I'm going to have some exposure to him this week. So those are all some of the fun things. We didn't even get into the O-line, D-line chart, the tight end matchup chart, uh, shadow coverage. There's all kinds of fun stuff. You get all the grades, it breaks it down by team. Really cool stuff of Pro Football Focus. Uh, I think it's, what, $39.99 to get access to all this stuff. And uh, I look at it basically every single week uh, for hours on end uh, before I start making my teams every week. So, uh, but the screen share portion uh, done. Let's get back into some analysis. Uh, Tyler, uh, wide receivers. Uh, we liked Melvin Gordon. We're probably going to like Hunter Henry. We liked Phillip Rivers. We got to like Keenan Allen, right? Yeah, I think it's a great week to load up on Chargers. The Patriots defense is something that we should be attacking now in DFS. They're allowing the second most receptions and the second most receiving yards to opposing wideouts. Keenan Allen runs over 50% of his routes from the slot, which means he's, he should see a good amount of Eric Rowe. Rowe hasn't played enough snaps to qualify, but if he had, he would rank as our second worst graded cornerback out of 113. I think this is a great game for Allen to just get fed tons and tons of targets. He's averaging 9.7 targets per game. I could see that number go up to 13, 14, 15 this week. Uh, he ranks top 10 in yards per out run. It's just a big ma- a big combination of opportunity with the targets and efficiency in his yards per out run that makes Allen a stud that I think is worth paying up for. All right, Scott, I'll, I'll bite the bullet. I'll say A.J. Green because we everyone knows play A.J. Green this week. Um, all these explosive plays against the Colts. He is at home, so alert, alarm bells are going off for me because I don't like A.J. Green at home. Uh, but I think he's a pretty good play this week. The Bengals can do whatever they want. I expect Green to have a good play. Uh, so you didn't want to write him up. Uh, who are a couple other guys uh, you think could be uh, kind of under the radar this week? Yeah, so A.J. Green's in a smash spot. I know Malik Hooker's out, but they really just have no one uh, who can cover him. But I think just because of how much he's being touted, uh, I, I think I might be partially Easily, easily the highest on wide receiver. Yeah, because I, I don't think he's that still that much better of a play than uh, Julio jo- Jones – uh, or Antonio Brown, you know, uh, Darius Slay d- doesn't bother me with with Brown just because no cornerback bothers me when it's Antonio Brown. Out in the fact, Martavis Bryant's going to be inactive. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is dealing with a concussion. I could definitely see this being a smash spot for him. There's really a ton of guys I can talk about. Um, so, but instead, I'm just going to give you two value plays, and you can read the rest in my article for Roto Grinders. Uh, but I wanted to bring up a guy that no one else is talking about. Uh, I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but Chris Hogan is the 16th highest price wide receiver on DraftKings. Amendola is dealing with a hyperextended knee. It's looking like he's unlikely to play. Uh, Chris Hogan doesn't run a high percentage percentage of his routes from the slot, 
but he ranks fifth among all NFL wide receivers and targets from the slot. Amendola ranks fourth. So really huge if he's out, especially considering Los Angeles Chargers are allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers, drawing targets out of the slot. Their perimeter cornerbacks, Casey Hayward and Trevor Williams, rank among our 10 highest graded cornerbacks this season. Meanwhile, in the slot, we have Desmond King, who is a uh, third day rookie. He's allowing an 82% completion percentage and he's playing out of position. And in college, he worked on the perimeter on 86% of his routes. And, and that's really um, worrisome for me just because the slot cornerback is typically a position where it takes a lot of time to learn. It's much, much trickier to play Many more routes. on the perimeter because you don't have the benefit of the sideline to help you out. So I could definitely see him getting worked on by Chris Hogan. Uh, and I like him a lot as a value and stud play this week. Uh, who was the other guy? You got uh, Demarius Thomas. You want to keep this one? In oh, here at all? Man. Yeah. So I love this. Um, he's coming off a brutal matchup in shadow coverage against Casey Hayward. who's easily been one of the best shadow cornerbacks in the league over the past few seasons. Um, so coming off of this down week, maybe we'll see him at low ownership. This season, Kansas City is allowing the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers who line up to their quarterback left after allowing the second most to those wide receivers last season. Thomas, meanwhile, has run 105 routes or 50% from his quarterback's left. That ranks 12th most among all wide receivers this season. Uh, basically, from a cornerback perspective, I'm just talking about the side of the field, that means about 50% of his routes versus Terrence Mitchell. Uh, but it's more like more likely than not that Denver actually has him run even more routes from that side of the field to stay away from Marcus Peters. Mm -hmm. So let me just tell you a little bit about Terrence Mitchell. He's been targeted 65 times. He's given up 597 yards and five touchdowns among all non Antonio Brown wide receivers. That would be first in targets, first in yards, fourth in touchdowns. So Sanders should be out again, meaning more volume. He's the 23rd highest priced wide receiver on DraftKings, but ranks ninth in expected fantasy points the last two weeks with Sanders missing time. Uh, hopefully lower ownership than not. Haven't heard too many people talk about, but I think he's far and away the chalk of the week. Dank stats, if I remember. <laughs> Those are some dank stats for sure. Um, yeah, Sanders uh, remained sideline of practice today. Thomas burned everybody last week. He'd had that 80-yard touchdown, though. Kind of would have saved his day. That got called back. Um, flop lag on Demarius Thomas. I like that call quite a bit this week. Uh, Tyler, uh, let's get a couple of your value plays in here. Um, you've got a carrot. We've liked Cam Newton. So we got to have to like one of his receivers. Uh, you've picked out Devin Funches. Uh, highlight the matchup for me. Yeah, I like them both, Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. I think they have a huge size mismatch against the uh, Buccaneers cornerbacks. Funches is the guy that I'm going to lean on a little bit more heavily, though. He's seen at least eight targets in five straight games. The Buccaneers rank top five in most receptions, receiving yards, and fantasy points allowed to opposing wideouts. Only the 49ers are allowing more red zone trips per game to their opponents than the Buccaneers, 4.2 per game. That leaves them a ton of receiving opportunities and touchdown opportunities, which is something that I try to prioritize is can they score touchdowns? Do they have an, do they have an avenue to scoring multiple touchdowns? And I think Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin Kelvin Benjamin both could do that. Yep. Uh, Funches in his last game against the Bucks, he went off for seven catches, 120, and a touchdown. And we've seen this game total has already moved up two points since since its opening. Uh, I think it's just going to be a shootout here if the weather cooperates. 
Yep, yep. I was going to mention the weather. If you're listening on podcasts later in the week or you're watching it on uh, TV, this does get put on TV onto uh, the Fantasy Channel, one of those out there. Um, just pay attention to the weather on this because the winds, uh, especially the, the 20 mile per hour winds this game could see theoretically uh, could really alter passing games. There's some statistics on wind, uh, basically about 15 miles per hour steady. That's when you see a pretty decent dip in fantasy production in the passing game. Uh, and we'll say, uh, Scott, uh, your dud here. This is a guy I think is going to be pretty popular. I don't know if this Aldrich Robinson news comes out. Everyone's going to be playing Aldrich Robinson this week. But I was looking a lot at Josh Doxson. Wait, what is the Aldrich Robinson news? Uh, that uh, Goodwin is pr- Goodwin did not practice today. So. Oh, right. Uh, I think he's still more probable than, than questionable, or at least he was early in the week. Yeah, we got to see how that plays out. Because, like, if Goodwin's out, I'm playing uh, some uh, some Aldrich Robinson for sure. Uh, but you got Josh Doxson on here. Um, I think yeah. he's going to be pretty popular. Uh, this hot hand at wide receiver. I've never seen this before here. Is this how are they? How do you think this is going to play out here? So he is not the chalk, a guy with three, uh, with a career high of three receptions. Definitely not the chalk. Shouldn't, I mean, he's going to be highly owned, but he should not be. So uh, also a concussed Juju Smith Schuster running 70% of his routes against Quandre Diggs is not the pivot. The easy, obvious tournament punt play of the week is Deontay Thompson, and it's not even close. I'll talk about him in my article for you guys next week, but not on those other two guys at all. Yeah, the the Bills' number one wide receiver. What is here's what I like about Doxson. I looked up some things. He's what is he? He's like the red zone threat for Washington, right? Kind of his big guy catches oh, yeah. Tu- yeah. catches touchdowns. So the Cowboys they've allowed the most red zone targets to wide receivers and the third most goal to goal touches. Uh, if they get down there, I don't know. Maybe they throw it up there. Jordan Reed's back. Chris Thompson. Washington's basically not running the ball anymore. They know they have to pass here. Uh, this hot hand between him and Terrell Pryor is a little worrisome. I don't know. I'm going to have some Josh Doxson this week, I think, Scott. All right. Nope. You're going to see how that <laughs> plays out. All right, Scott. So just like, good luck. Uh, have fun paying the rake for everybody. Uh, Tyler, uh, what do you got here for your dud here? Uh, Brandon Cooks. I had Brandon Cooks last week. Uh, I think it was on Yahoo. That little shovel touch pass or whatever ended up doing pretty good for me over there. Uh, but you don't like him this week. Yeah, I've got Brady Cook stacks everywhere in Dynasty, so I love those plays, but I'm not super into this matchup this week. Uh, The Chargers have allowed the eighth fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards. That's Cook's bread and butter. 49% of Cook's fantasy points have come from plays that were 20-plus yards. He's expected to get the shadow treatment from Casey Hayward, who Scott mentioned earlier is a legit shutdown corner. He shadowed Demarius Thomas last week on 84% of his routes, holding him catchless on two targets. Week six, he shadowed Amari Cooper on 80% of his routes, holding him to a one-target, one-catch, seven-yard performance. He's our number nine-graded cornerback for a reason. And I'd rather attack the middle of this defense with Gronk or Amendola if he's healthy or Chris Hogan if he moves into the slot and runs more routes across the middle than try to like target this Chargers defense on the perimeter with someone like Cooks. Yep, I agree. I agree completely on that one. So uh, let's move on to tight end here. And both of your guys' studs, I did uh, for premium members uh, this week, me, uh, Hoop and Chop, we do a cash game show on DraftKings every week. And I don't normally use two tight ends, but when you look at these guys' salaries on DraftKings this week, uh, Tyler, I'll stay with you because you got Jordan Reed here. He's way too cheap. And then Scott Stud is also way too cheap in comparison to like the wide receivers in like the same price range. So uh, I think it's pretty viable to use both of these guys in cash or even in tournaments here. 
Uh, so let's talk about Jordan Reed um, healthy going into the game. Uh, will that continue during the game is always the question. That's <laughs> always a question. Indeed, he's coming off a terrific Monday night performance. He caught eight balls, two touchdowns, scoring 26.4 DraftKings points. He's not on the injury report to start the week, and that's huge. Dallas ranks 31st in DVOA against the tight end. I just love the pivot here against what's going to be a heavily owned Hunter Henry. Um, I think both are great plays, but I think for $100 less on DraftKings, you'll get Reed at a significant discount when it comes to ownership percentage. Last year, Reed combined for 15 catches, 165 yards, and two scores against the Cowboys in his two games. Pharrell Pryor's just been demoted. I think it should open up some more targets to Reed, who is one of the few people that deserves them outside Chris Thompson. He leads all tight ends in targets per outrun, and he's a smash play. Uh, yeah, that 31st in DVOA just stands out really good uh, when you're looking at that as kind of a, a brief thing. Uh, I love Reed. And then, Scott, I kind of tease this. We liked Keenan Allen. We liked Melvin Gordon. We liked Phillip Rivers. Uh, you got to like Hunter Henry. Uh, easily has supplanted uh, Antonio Gates, who basically doesn't even play any snaps. Right. So I, I actually think I like Tyler's stud and value play a little bit more than Henry, especially when factoring in ownership. But uh, there's definitely a lot of reasons to like him. Uh, Antonio, uh, Antonio Gates put together a limited practice on Wednesday. The Pats are giving up the sixth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. Uh, Listen up. This it, is a good stat you got here. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, so s since his third ever NFL game, he's hit 70 – yards or more or a touchdown in 70% of his games. And that's like, even it gets even crazier when you factor in like the other 15% of those games. Uh, he wasn't even targeted once. Uh, he's coming off of a historically efficient rookie season where he led the league in percentage of targets to result in either a first down or touchdown. He had the most fantasy points per game uh, of a rookie since Rob Gronkowski um, he's just a, an amazing talent and he's finally getting the usage he deserves. And it's a strong matchup. Uh, Donta Hightower. I heard some people say that's huge for him. Um, maybe he, he hasn't really, uh, seen too many targets against tight ends this season, but definitely could be the case. Um, yeah, he, he's a strong play, but I actually think I like the guy who Tyler's going to bring up next, uh, a little bit more. I can't believe we're going to talk about old man value. Jason Witten here, Tybo. What are we doing? Why is Jason Witten made this sheet here? I don't think I really want to play Jason Witten too much, but you must see something in the matchup. Yeah, he's having a resurgence at age 45. Um, <laughs> at least. <laughs> he's already matched his touchdown totals from the last two years at the midway point of the season. And I just really like the matchup here. Washington ranks 28th in DVOA against the tight end. They're allowing the most receiving yards and the third most fantasy points. They've just given up 17.3 DraftKings points to Ertz in week one. They just gave up another 19.9 to him last week, and they gave up 27.4 to Travis Kelsey. Those type of huge outings are like the kind of ceilings that I like to pursue in tournaments because that's how you win a GVP. You need you need touchdown upside, and you can get that against Dallas. Uh, they're average. Or I'm sorry, they're averaging the. You can get that against Washington because Dallas is averaging the third most red zone trips per game at 4.0, and it provides plenty of touchdown potential here for Witten, who's. Honestly, one of the sneakier plays here if you're trying to get some access to the highest scoring game on the main slate here. Yeah, and Josh Norman, I think he's he's remained limited. Um, there was some talk he might be able to play. Uh, if he's back and Perriman, uh, that kind of 
uh, funnels, as we like to say, uh, the targets to the tight end. So I think that's pretty interesting. I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at Witten this week. Um, Ty, or, uh, Scott, uh, you've got to be playing the Thursday slate or one of these funky slates here. But because of that, especially if you're playing Thursday, uh, Kyle Rudolph, well, tight ends against Cleveland, this is a thing. And I think he's going to go really under the radar simply because it's like this no man's land game. A lot of people aren't going to be focusing on here. He's someone uh, I, I think I'm going to try to use on these Thursday slates. Right. Uh, so he's going to get a bump down in my rankings if Stefan Diggs plays, but he is averaging 8.0 targets per game over the past three weeks. Uh, which ranks second among tight ends uh, and Cleveland for the second consecutive season is allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Just makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's a strong play. Um, so Tyler, you're dud. Uh, I think it's simply because there's guys like Hunter Henry and Jordan Reed and Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph and Jason Witten and uh, who else I can keep going on and on. Uh, we've got uh, the Indianapolis tight end. There's so many good mid tier to value plays. Uh, you just have really no reason to want to use the high price tight end. So you just see anything yeah. and Ertz one-on-one uh, -on -one specific matchup. Uh, I believe in that tight end matchup chart you guys have on pro football focus. Uh, doesn't look really good for tight ends against San Francisco. Gronk has been a little bit hit or miss. Maybe if Amendola doesn't play, that helps him out a little bit. Uh, with so much value, you're just fading the studs. Yeah, I, it's really hard to justify paying up for them. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Gronk. He's going against the Chargers this week, and the Chargers have been really good against tight ends. They have yet to allow a touchdown scored. They're allowing the second fewest fantasy points. Ertz is going against Jaquiski Tart, who's one of our better uh, coverage safeties this year, who's just crushing it um, defending tight ends. Outside of that one play to Jason Witten last week, he, I don't think he's allowed a touchdown at all. Um, considering how much, how little value there is this week, it's kind of tough to justify paying up for tight end. Yeah, the two tight ends, I think it's somewhat viable. I don't really like to do that in cash, but, uh, you know, value is value, and uh, you take it at tight end if you can get it this week. Uh, Scott, you just kind of wanted to top off on some of the things Tyler was saying here. You got some really good stats. Just how good the Chargers have been against tight end. Yeah, they've, they've faced some strong tight ends in Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, Travis Kelsey, and Jared Cook. They held them all to a combined eight receptions for 96 yards. Each had their single worst fantasy games against the Chargers. Uh, AJ Derby and Julius Thomas weren't especially productive in their games against Los Angeles either. Uh, and then San Francisco ranks third best over expectation uh, to tight ends and are giving up just 14% of their receiving fantasy points allowed to tight ends, which is the lowest rate in the league. Uh, in before three touchdown games from both Zach Ertz and Robert Gronkowski, right? <laughs> That's, yeah, how sometimes exactly, yeah. fantasy works. That's how it happens. <laughs> uh, but it seems like individually, both these guys have really tough matchups. The value is really good at tight end. Uh, I think you guys make some pretty strong points there. So uh, we're almost done here, but Tyler, uh, let's talk. Uh, I always like to do this. Is there anybody we didn't talk about that you might have a strong take at any position uh, across the field? Simply because we're just so narrowed in who we actually talk about. I really like Cam Newton. I think he's in a complete blow-up spot, but we've touched on him. A guy that we haven't talked about is another punt play that you could use in tournaments, Jeremy Curley, 3,800. It's gross, I know. But slot wide receivers against Brian Poole have gone off. Jarvis Landry went for 20.2 DraftKings points. Golden Tate, 18.8. Randall Cobb, 13. Poole has allowed 24 of 31 attempts. 
It's a 77.4% catch rate. I think Curly could be one of those cheap guys that catches up some dink and dunks along the field and um, keeps the game moving for the Jets and gets you. Tyler, if you, value. if you play Curly in the Millionaire Maker, you will be the only person on Jeremy Curly. In the I'll take that 0.1%. I'll take <laughs> it. You'll take that. Scott, you got someone we didn't hit about. You look at just about every single player out there. You got anything fun for me? Uh, I like Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry a lot, especially uh, if – Diggs, oh, we know Parker's out, but uh, especially for Thielen if Diggs is out. Uh, Garcon, I like a lot. Christian McCaffrey, I'm going to like until he has a massive blow-up spot because based on volume, it should be coming. Uh, it's also a nice matchup this week against uh, 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 Tampa Bay defense with a lot of injuries. Uh, they're missing Ryan Khalil. Uh, they're surrendering a lot of targets to slot wide receivers and opposing running backs. Um, yeah, King Thielen, I just want to play him every single time. Deontay Thompson, uh, I talked about a little bit, but just matchup looks awesome. Tyrod loves going deep. Uh, that's about it. Uh, Tyler, real quick, one player uh, I might like. We talked about him on my premium show earlier. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, just too cheap on DraftKings this week. What are you doing in what should be a pass-friendly game? Uh, give it to me quick here. I agree. 5,600. Uh, we're going to see the Bengals attack this defense this offense really hard and i think the way to counter it will be through ty hilton picking up big chunk plays yeah i think he's he's just too cheap on DraftKings. Uh, yeah. scott real any thoughts on hilton uh yeah i'm not i'm not gonna play him all right so that's gonna wrap it up for the pro football focus show guys thanks to scott and tybo welcoming back this week i'm Britt. thanks for watching everybody and out ya.